the Lord. Very excited about everyone making it. Very glad. We had a wonderful time this morning on Christmas Sunday. If you weren't able to make it or listen to it, please go back and watch it. This online on the Facebook Live is a wonderful time. And now at this time, if you would, please stand with us. And we're doing some of your favorite Christmas songs meshed with, medleyed with some of the some of our youth songs and so sing with us and let's just worship God together amen church let's go
to go into a, a time of prayer and hopefully as the prayer request is, is put up onto the screen I just think it's so amazing because I was sitting and I was thinking today I was like what am I gonna say you know we always get the jitters and I just couldn't stop looking at this screen and how many names are on there and I'm just gonna be truthful I'm gonna be honest sometimes it's a little discouraging sometimes I feel like these names have been up there for years and I've only been here for three, so I don't know how many, you know, if it's been more than that. But it feels like they're up there for years and years, and it doesn't seem like it gets any smaller. And sometimes it's kind of discouraging to look at it. But then I got to thinking, and the best hospitals and the best doctors have the most patients. The best actors do the most movies and have the most awards. The best people in sports have the most accolades and the most trophies. They've played in the most games. They've been through it all. And so this prayer request isn't, look, I'm just helpless. Look, I just need something. But this prayer request, your prayer requests are, look, I don't have the strength. I don't have the ability to save me, but I know somebody that does. I know somebody that cares, and I know somebody that's willing to be there when I can't be there for myself. And if you miss the paper to have your name on the prayer request, there's a couple more that you can do. A prayer request is you can walk down to the front. You can lift one or two of your hands. You can even sit down. I know some of your joints hurt, and that's okay. 
prayer request can even be, please God, I just need you. Please God, I don't know what to say right now. I don't know how to get out of this situation. A prayer request can literally just be, God, I'm here. Have your way, Lord. So I urge all of you that as you go through this time of prayer, as we sing this song, House of Miracles, which talks about this place with this Lord that can do these miracles, that your prayer request is have your way, God. Have your way and do your miracles in this place. Because if anywhere can heal us, this place can. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for being so prominent. Thank you for being so powerful. Thank you for being so forgiving and so loving and so kind, Lord. Have your way through this song and have your way through this service. In Jesus' name, continue, continue, continue in everything you do, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. This is a
come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. I have a real quick testimony. Real quick testimony. I don't want to disrupt service at all. I don't want to get too out of order. And we'll, we'll go back and sing that chorus just once. But I have a real quick testimony. Uh, this is not how I was planning on doing it, but I felt urged in the spirit. This January, I'm going off to Urshan College, Urshan Bible College, and I am ecstatic over the moon. This is a this is a dream that I've wanted since I was in high school. And you know, every time it felt like I was getting somewhere and I was pushing to new levels, it's like it was ripped away from me. Whether that was my own doing or whether it was just life. And man, it finally, it finally, it all came together and it's three years beyond what my expectation and what my vision was, but I'm finally going off and I'm finally pursuing what I feel like is the things of God. And it just, it just, it goes to show you God has never left us. God has never even forsaken us just for a little bit because these past three years through thinking and overthinking and praying and fasting, I was so confused and so many times, but then I was reminded, I've still got you, Sterling. I was reminded that I still have a call for you. I don't care where you've messed up at. I don't care how far it feels like you've gotten off course. I still have the call for you. I still have the vision for you. I'm still working on you. And so when I sing, come alive. Because this is the house of miracles. This is the place of praise. Because no matter what, God's going to get my praise. Because I can't do it on my own. This, This boy can't do it on his own. But he always has something greater in store for you. And whenever the time is going to come, and it will come, I promise you. It's going to be greater than you could ever imagine. So let's just go back into this verse one more time. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. This is is a house house of miracles. Jesus, and I bring everything. Everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything. In the name of Jesus, this is a house of miracles. Come alive, come alive. In the name of Jesus, come alive. In the name of Jesus, this is a house of miracles. And we bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Jesus. 
had something to say, uh, but Sterling pretty much hit it on the nail. So I won't add anything, add anything to it. I won't force anything. So if the ushers would come, we'll go ahead and do offering.
nothing can stand against what a powerful name it is the name of as a young person to come to practice to prepare themselves to get ready to lead God's children into his presence it's something that doesn't shouldn't ever be passed over or looked on lightly but should be appreciated and I do appreciate them give them one more hand to give my wife a hand too for leading them And then give yourself a hand for being here tonight. You don't have to clap for yourself. You clap for the person next to you. For being here tonight. Let's give God a hand. If you could clap louder than you clapped all night for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the reason you are here, the reason for the season. He is a good God. I'll keep preaching that until he isn't. So get ready to hear me for a while. There's in Revelation 3, 7 through 8, there's a scripture that says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy and he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, no man shutteth, and shutteth, no man open. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it knowing right here that God opens doors no man can shut and God shuts doors no man can open but then if we go a little further down it says behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door I will come in him and he will sup with me and I will sup with him what a beautiful thought that this is that the one who has all power to open doors that no man can shut, the one that can shut doors no man can open is the very same one that has full ability to open any single door but stands at the door of your heart tonight and knocks, wanting you to open it, knowing he has all power to do anything he wants. If he wanted to be in your heart without asking you, he could be there. If he wanted to be the center of every person's praise without them having a choice, he could do that, but he opens every door, he shuts every door, but he stands at the door of your heart tonight saying, if you open the door, I will be there with you. If you open the door tonight, I will be giving you power. If you open the door tonight, I will move in your situation. If you allow me to be your God, I will be what you need. He wants you tonight. No matter how far you've gone, he wants you. He's already God, but he wants to be your Lord. 
He wants to be your everything. And so before we move into this service, before we read the scriptures, can we just extend a hand to heaven right now? With every eye closed, have a moment with just you and God saying, God, I know that you are all powerful. I know that you are the author and the finisher of my faith. I know that you are the creator. I know that you are the first and you are the last. But God, I want to know you and I want you to be my God. And so, Lord, I want you to speak to me. I want you to remove everything in my heart, in my mind that is obstructing your move in my life. Minister to me, minister through me. Plant a seed in my heart, God, for me to grow closer to you every day. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Our scripture is going to be found in Luke 2, 1 through 7, and we're just going to be bouncing between Luke and Isaiah tonight. I won't take long, but I believe that God has a quick word that he is wanting me to share with you that I believe can be life-changing in every aspect of the form of just changing how we live in our everyday. But in Luke 2, 1 through 7, Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, and that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. And this was the first census taken in Syria as, as Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all the people were on their way to register for the census, each to his own city. Now Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David, and in order to register along with Mary, who was betrothed to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And the title of my message tonight is No Vacancy. No Vacancy. And to give a little backstory, and you may be seated. So Joseph and Mary, they're headed to Bethlehem to register for a census that was decreed by Caesar Augustus. And they were going to make sure that they were accounted for and that they were registered for the government to be able to be taxed and everything that was required for that. And it became time for Mary's baby to be born. It was time for Jesus, baby Jesus, to enter this earth to enter this world and now you may or you may not know but this baby's birth was quite significant it was no ordinary baby it was no ordinary pregnancy because we know this in it's in Luke 1 26 35 that now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David and the virgin's name was Mary, and coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and was pondering what kind of greeting this was. And I guess I probably would respond that way too. I would imagine if just an angel appeared and just began talking in that way. It's a, that's a very real scripture that she was just perplexed. So I imagine she just like creased her eyebrows a little bit and just waited 
for more to, more to happen in this conversation to see where it was going on. But then the angel says to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will, have, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end but Mary said to the angel how will this be since I am a virgin and the angel answered to her and said the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you for that reason also the holy child will be called the son of God so you see not only is this birth is this baby miraculous but it is also prophetic because it's spoken in the book of Isaiah in 9 Six that says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. So we know that this is not just a miraculous birth, but this is a prophetic birth. That we know that what is happening right now is the perfect will of God. And so what is happening is the time for the Messiah has come, the time that has been prophesied for years is finally ready to take place the time for the mighty God the everlasting father the prince of peace the savior of the world was about to make his entrance into earth into the lives of everyone that has been looking for years for this prophecy to come true it is time for the Messiah's birth but when Mary and Joseph go to the end the place that would be most comfortable for the savior to enter the world the place that would make the most sense For the Savior and the Messiah to enter comfortably, there was no room. With the senses going on and many people traveling to Bethlehem, the inn was completely booked. And there was no room in the place that seemed best suited for a child, especially a king, to be born. There was no room in the place where that had it all together. There was no room in the place and in the comfort of the inn. But there was room in one place. And it was in the manger. And that is where Jesus was laid. It wasn't in the place that seemed to make the most sense. It wasn't in the place that looked like it had it all together. But it was in the place that, yes, it was rugged. And, yes, it wasn't ideal. And, yes, it didn't look like everything else seemed to look. But it was available. And that is where Jesus laid. You see, when Isaiah spoke of Jesus' birth more than 700 years beforehand, he let us know that Jesus' birth is the will of God. And one thing we know about the will of God is that it takes place no matter what. That Jesus' entry into this world, his very introduction, he begins to teach us something. Before Jesus in the flesh ever, ever even speaks a physical word, he is already teaching us something. Is that Jesus is going to be born. That's the will of God. That is going to happen. It's not up for debate. It is a certainty. It is a fact because it is prophecy that God has spoken it is going to happen but where he was born depended on who was available to receive him how comforting is it to know that you don't have to do anything to make God all-powerful I don't have to do anything to make God the Lord of Lords and Almighty and all-powerful and able to do things that are exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or think there's nothing I have to do to make sure he is that he is already God like we talked about he is already all-powerful like we talked about so there is a relief in the room knowing that there's nothing we have to do to make God God 
but there's something that we can do to make him the Lord of our life. And it's a relief to me to know that I don't have to do the things to make him the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I don't have to do anything to make him those things. But Isaiah 43, 19 says, behold, I am going to be doing something new. Now it will spring up, but will you be aware of it? That I'll even make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. But that question there that's so powerful is, will you not be aware of it? I'm doing things in life. I'm doing things in this world. I'm doing things that are prophesied. I'm doing things that are in the will of God. But will you be aware of it? That's the only question in that statement. And it involves us. Not what he's doing, not where he's working, not what's happening in the will of God. But are we going to be aware of it. See, God's ability to be God does not depend on our circumstances. And I'm glad for it. That God's ability to be the healer does not depend on whether I'm sick or not. That God's ability to be the Lord of all doesn't depend on my circumstance of where I'm at. And if I have been good this week or if I have been bad this week, God is still God. God is still good. God is still everlasting. God is still able to make a way when there is no way. God is able to be God no matter where your circumstance is and where you are in life. It does not change who God is and where God is, but our ability to receive the blessings of God does change. See, if you were in a thunderstorm and there's a thunderstorm that comes and you decide to stay indoors, it doesn't mean that the storm doesn't exist. It just means you're not able to be affected by it. But if you want to experience the power of the thunder, if you want to experience the push of the wind, if you want to be covered by the rain, what you have to do is make yourself available to the effects of the storm. You have to be in the presence of the storm, and God is no different. That If you decide not to listen to what God is wanting to say to you, if you decide not to place yourself in the alignment with God, doesn't mean God is not real. It doesn't mean that God is not able to do everything that he is saying he can do, but all you have, or you're doing is removing yourself from the effects of it. You see, God is going to move. God is going to work. God is going to deliver. God is going to save because that is what he does. That is who he is and that is what he has promised. In Luke 4, 18 through 19, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind and to set free those that are oppressed and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. These are things that are going to happen because it's been spoken by God. See, God has a plan today. God has a revival today. God has a blessing. God has an outpouring. Will you have room to receive it tonight? Will you have room to receive what God is wanting to do? He's saying, I'm here to deliver the free. Are you going to be there to be delivered? I'm ready to free the oppressed. Are you going to be there to be freed? Are you going to be in the presence of God when he is going to do what he is going to do are you going to be aware of it are you going to have room in the end or are there going to be no vacancies for God to do what he's wanting to do will you receive the calling will you receive the blessings of God that he's wanting to pour out onto you or will your hands be too full of life here on earth to catch them will there be no room in the end of your life to receive what God is wanting to do to be whenever he answers the prayers you have been praying are there going to be room for you to receive it. We seem to think, at least I do, that 
We have to have everything figured out and all together before God can use us, before God can move in our life, before God can really do what he's wanting to do and finish the final product. We have to look a certain way and we have to be a certain way and we have to have this many days since last accident and we have to be all these things together. But all we do in this time is we pursue these superficial pursuits and these worldly metrics of success and of prosperity and allow these superficial pursuits to absorb our mind and our attention and all we end up doing is filling our room with things that do not matter, with focuses that do not matter, with distractions that do not matter until there is no room in the end for God to do what he is wanting to do. Uh, Sister Cowan, I didn't talk to you about using this, but I'm going to that this Christmas season, I installed Christmas lights. If you are a friend with me on social media, you are very aware. <laughs> and in my male brain, I thought, my wife is going to be so happy for me that I'm going to be working so hard and I'm going to be making some extra money this Christmas season and that, yes, these extra hours that I'm going to be working or going to, she's going to be so happy that I'm, that I'm doing this and that, and I began to work hard and I worked hard and I worked hard and it was long hours and, and then whenever I would get home, I was so tired from all this hard work that I didn't talk much and so I went to bed and there was a time where I was installing Christmas lights until 2 a.m. And there was this, and I thought, I'm, I'm doing so much work. I'm doing so much. I'm doing all of this. She should be happy with this. This should be, she should understand what I'm doing. And I began to realize that it did not matter all that I was doing. The extra paycheck did not matter in what I was doing whenever I was not spending time with her. The mat, it did not matter that I was hanging Christmas lights until 2 a.m. when I hadn't spoken to her for two minutes in that day. And God is being the same way, saying, yes, you are doing so much in life. Yes, you are doing so much in this world. But when have you talked to me? Yes, you are doing so much in this world. You are being so busy and you are so tired. And you feel like, yes, he's got to be happy with me. He said, but I haven't even seen you. I haven't even heard from you. I haven't even been spoken to in so long because you have just been filling the rooms of your inn but have no room for me to lay in the manger of of your life you see we fill ourselves with busyness but never spend time with the creator who's wanting just to be around us just wanting us to be surrendered to him and spend quality time with him God is just looking for somebody who's available God is just looking for somebody who has made room for him we have Luke 10 38 through 42 that says now as they were traveling along he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home, and she had a sister called Mary, who was also seated at the Lord's feet and was listening to his words. But Martha was distracted with all of her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all this serving by myself? Then tell her to help me. Like she asked God a question and then answered for him. Do you not care? Well, I, I, you do, so you need to. That's kind of how we pray, isn't it? Lord, send me the one for me that, that is tall, dark, and handsome. Whoever you're wanting me to marry whenever she has a voice like this. It may not be that. Luckily, I got the girl in my dream, so we're good. But it may not be like that for you. But don't get me distracted. We have a message to get through. But he's, she says, do you not care that my sister has left me to do the serving by myself? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. 
but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Martha thought that doing all this busyness, all this preparation, doing so much, she thought that she was doing the right thing, that she was preparing the house and she was dusting and she was doing dishes and she was doing so much and being so busy that she thought this has got to be the will of God. This has got to be what I'm wanting to do. But God is saying, listen, if you just get at my feet, I'm going to prepare everything for you. You don't have to worry about all this serving, but if you get at my feet, I'm going to take care of you. You see, we think that he wants the end and he wants the best of the best. And we think that Jesus is looking for the cleanest room with the view of the courtyard and pressed sheets and a towel that's folded up into the shape of a swan whenever he is happy to lie down in a manger where there has been room prepared. For him, See, he was happy to reside in the room that was made for him, but he just wants us to sit at his feet and be with him. He just wants somebody that is going to be available. Some people say that the best ability to have is what? Availability. And as a minister, sometimes I struggle with that, that I think that if I could do so much busy work that I'm doing right. When I haven't read and I haven't prayed and I haven't done all this. And I can do so much preparation for a message that I never even spend time with God about the one that I'm about to preach about. And we do the same thing in our life that we spend so much time doing work in the kingdom that we think work in the world. But whenever we never spend time with the creator of the world and we wonder why there's a disconnect and we wonder why we're not hearing from God like we thought we should and we wonder why we're not seeing the answers of the prayers that we're looking for when we haven't spent time with him and we're trying to prepare the end when we've just filled every single room and have no room for him to lie and to dwell see I don't want to fill my life with deeds and with busyness I don't want to think that I've succeeded and turn around and realize that I've missed it because by every metric of human success, the end succeeded. They filled every room. They made as much profit as they could. They probably looked at the Europe and people you know, in businesses whenever they have a busy time. They're like, this is our Christmas. You know, you ever hear people say, this was literally their Christmas. Uh, it, was, it was the first Christmas. Uh, they didn't call it Christmas. But it was their first time. It was, everything was busy. The census was going on. They filled every room. They were doing good. And then now forever, they are going to be known. In the infallible word of God, in the Bible, every time you read it, in the most sold book in the world, for every year, probably until eternity, that they were the place that did not have room for Jesus. That they succeeded in the world. They succeeded financially. They succeeded in what they thought they needed to do. But they never had room for Jesus to lie down. Whenever it was time for prophecy to take place. When the people, very people that owned the end probably looked and prayed for this prophecy to take place. When it was ready to happen, they had no room. Because they were not prepared. And they were taking up time with things that truly did not matter. They succeeded in every metric of success we can measure. They filled every room but... At what cost? But at the same word of God, a manger, a less than perfect location, a rugged instrument that most people would reject as a birthplace of a king was the resting place of the Savior of the earth, Jesus Christ. Why? Because it was available. God will only dwell where you give him room. 
And I want God to dwell in me. I want the blessings of God to live inside of me. I want the power of the Holy Spirit to reside in me. And if I want that to happen, I have to make room, which means I have to remove things that are taking up space that do not need to be there, that God is wanting to be in every single part of my life, meaning everything else that's taking up space and taking up room that he cannot reside has to go. Because we say, God, I want you to direct all of my steps. I want you to direct all of my paths. But we have everything blocked off with other parts of our life but I have this club that I'm a part of and I have this that I go to and I have this that I'm interested in and I have this that takes up my mind and this that takes up my energy but God I want you to do everything in my life it doesn't work that way because with God's hand in your life everything's got to be in his hand but we only give a portion a section of our life to him but God's wanting everything God's wanting all of us God's wanting availability for him to reside and to dwell in our lives and in our hearts that means things have to go nothing on this earth is worth missing my savior I may not be perfect I may not have everything together in my life I may not have everything that other people have but Jesus I have room Jesus I have room for you tonight I may have messed up God, I may have done things I shouldn't have done. I may be far from where I know I need to be, but God, I'm making room tonight. And is that our prayer tonight, that God, I know I'm not perfect. God, I know I've messed up. I know I've got a long ways to go, but God, I want you to be there with me for the, for the ride. I want you to be there with me with the trip. So God, I'm not perfect, but I have room. God, I'm not perfect yet, but I have space for you. And if you want to dwell anywhere, God, dwell in me. If you want to work anywhere, God, work in me, God. So move in my life. Move in me. I'm making room, and whatever doesn't have to be here, God will go. Because, God, you are more important than the things of this earth. I'm available. Here I am. Today, God does not want you to be a superhero. He doesn't need you to have everything perfectly in order in the perfect tie knot and the perfect top bun and the perfect everything. God doesn't need you to never mess up again and have everything perfectly planned out. All God needs is a room to lie. All God needs is a manger to lay in. God doesn't want your perfection. God wants your heart. God just wants you to want him. If the musicians could come, I told you I'm not going to be long, but this is something that you have to make the decision. We may have messed up. We may have allowed our focuses to go on things that don't truly matter, that have taken up our mental energy. And we put God on the back burner and we've, we've succeeded in things that we think are the world, that we've progressed in the things of this world, but we've allowed our relationship with God to dwindle and we haven't had a place for him to reside. But he's ready to lie down in your life tonight. He's ready to reside in your heart tonight. And scripture says that he inhabits the praises of his people. Why? That's not, that's not just a magic formula. That's not just a math equation that you just praise and he shows up. That means that you have decided that you look at what's important in your life. And you elevate God instead. 
That's what praise is, that you can look at the things that are hurting you. You can look at the things that are tough in your life, and you say, but God is worthy. But God is worth my time. God is worth my effort. Yes, I'm tired. God's worth my effort. Yes, I'm hurting. Yes, I'm struggling. But God is worth my praise. And so you begin to lift up God in the face of busyness, in the face of distractions, in the face of this world. And God says, that's a manger I can lie in. That's a manger I can start my ministry in. Yes, they're not perfect. Yes, they're not everything all together yet. Yes, they've slipped up. Yes, they don't know all the answers yet but I can lie there I can dwell there I can inhabit there I can begin a ministry in their heart a ministry in their mind and I can begin to start something that they never knew was going to take place but they just had room for me we could all stand tonight there are things in our heart and in our life that are filling up our energy our thoughts our time but if you want to receive all that God has for you God's going to move God's going to be a healer God's going to restore God's going to be who he is but if you want to receive it you have to make room for it you have to align yourself with the presence of God And you have to look inside and say, what rooms are being taken that don't need to be taken up? What in my life would I benefit by being filled with God instead of the other things of this world? What is taking up my mental energy? What is taking up my schedule? What are taking up my thoughts that I could allow God to take instead? And as you begin to lie things down, as you begin to lay things at the altar and saying, God, whatever is not of you, God, whatever I don't need in my life, you take it away. But God, I want you to be everything in my life. I want you to watch as things begin to change. I want you to watch as everything begins to set in motion. Because just like baby Jesus laid in the manger and everything began to change in the world, everything's going to change in yours. Because it's the same God then that is now it's the same Jesus that was laid in the manger is the one that's here tonight saying if you just make room for me I will move in your life I know you've been praying I know you've been searching I know you've been hurting I know that you're looking for something if you make room for me I will be all that you need for me to be I am already God but let you let you let me be your Lord altars are open tonight for a decision this Christmas Sunday to make room for him to allow him to be everything in your life not just a weekend visitation not just a part of our schedule but let him be everything to have all of the words you don't have to be able to speak eloquently you don't have to know every scripture but just say God I'm available God I'm here I have room for you and I'm sorry for the things that I'm allowed to take up my life I'm sorry for the things I'm allowed to distract me but God I'm here now and I want you in my life I don't want just a part of you I don't want to just experience you but God I need
we could give God a hand clap of praise in this place. A true hand clap of praise saying, God, thank you for loving me when I was too busy. Thank you, God, for seeing me whenever I was caught up. Thank you, God. Jesus, he's a good God that has a plan, that has a calling and a promise for every single one of our lives, for every single person in here and every single person watching online. God has a plan. God has a promise. God has a work that he is doing, that he is setting in motion. And all we have to do is say, God, here I am. God, what you're wanting to do, I have room for it. God, what you're wanting to say, what you're wanting to do in my life, I'm making room for it tonight. And every single day with that decision, every single day when you wake up saying, God, I'm making room for what you're wanting to do. God, I'm making room for what you're wanting to say into my life, what you're wanting to do, how you're wanting to move. I'm making room today. And sometimes you'll slip up. Sometimes you'll get caught up saying, God, I'm sorry. I got caught up today. But clear my schedule, clear the stage. And let you be your everything again today. I believe that this week we're going to have a week of victory, of overcoming, of power. Because we just made room for the King of Kings. Amen. So if we could all lift our hands one more time with praise and with thanksgiving, with the power that God has given us and saying, Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the plans that you have set in motion for my life. I thank you, God, for everything you have done and everything I don't even know that you're doing. But God, I'm available for you. God, I'm available for your work. God, I'm ready wherever you want to go. Take me there, whatever you're wanting to do. Use me to do it. Bless this church. Bless this city. And be with us this week. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. God bless. Let's have a great week.